As with every episode of Storytellers, this episode may contain themes, storylines, or ideas that may not be safe for work. Headphones recommended, and listener discretion is greatly advised. I can't even get no. I used to be able to do like, um, and and Dee Dee knows because they were in a uh, episode with uh, my friend Brandon and my friend Scar and I. Uh, I think we were doing a uh, 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 Die Hard, and that was yep. before Zoom was snitch and say this call's being recorded. Mm-hmm. So if something dope was happening, because Rainy, you know, you have a podcast where you have get, like you have multiple hosts. Yeah. So sometimes that conversation is just flowing and it's going good. And you're like, dang, I wish I could get this on tape. So I would be able to just hit record on Zoom and it would keep going and nobody cared. But now if you're in the middle of a good recording or a good conversation or whatever, and you've already stopped the recording, all of a sudden they hear this call is being recorded, recording in progress. And that just stops everything. <laughs> like, nobody want to say nobody a snitch. Yeah. I don't know why I can't just be like silent, like just put it up on your screen and then keep it moving. Uh, because I think when COVID first started and people were doing the at-home calls and everything, they were trying to like, you know, some of these fuck boys out here be trying to get people caught up in them shaky situations. Tell me what you really think about so-and-so. Record. <laughs> that motherfucker sucks, yeah. sucks and all this kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden it's on tape and now you want to sue a motherfucker. So, yeah. Yeah. No clip on uh, somebody's Instagram page. Exactly. When I was, exactly. I'm a teacher. When I was teaching, I um I had to put a rule out. Like, if I find out you're recording me, you're in trouble because my students would do it. And then they would make little clips out of all the teachers. That- <laughs> <laughs> and, and the worst the worst part about it is is i'm a very facially expressive person so they would just screenshot and one of my students for her final project she made a powerpoint and it was just all of my faces just making oh my god worst faces ever it was awful and then the Rude. last day of school they all changed their backgrounds to a collage of me and my stupid faces oh my god what grade is this Eighth grade. <laughs> These are the best kids. And that's exactly why when I get my teaching degree, I'm only teaching fifth grade. I will not do eighth grade. I'm not going to do high they school. They got cell phones, too. They got cell phones, too. Yeah, but if I see the cell phone, it's like turn that shit off. <laughs> fifth grade. I figure if I teach fifth grade, I can be a fifth grade hero. Like I can teach them shit that is easy to us, but to them it's gonna blow their mind. Mom, they taught us the elevator method for nines and shit like that, and <laughs> have like the pizza you put a party. Rainbow and a potato. Exactly. Slice them. <laughs> yeah, no, eighth graders are not as easily impressed. But the fun thing about that is you can tell them the same thing. The first thing I tell all of my eighth grade students is like, just so you know, I'm not easily impressed with anything you're gonna do in this class. So don't don't worry yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah. 
I tell my kids, you know, that I coach, I'm, y'all ain't showing me nothing. Like every excuse y'all done came up with, I don't already heard it. But I just want those kids who think that I'm literally like the coolest person in the world. Plus, I feel like um, fifth grade, fourth grade and fifth, well, fifth grade and sixth grade really are really important times in the growth pattern for a child. Oh, for sure. And so in the area that I'm sure I'll be teaching in, um, there's not a lot of black men and especially not black male teachers. No, I mean, they're needed in every grade, I think. But yeah, especially that tween developmental. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think the adolescent years that fifth grade through ninth grade is some of the most important years developmentally and socially. Like Mm -hmm. that's what I did my master's thesis on. And you're absolutely right. We definitely need more black men in those areas because it, this is the biggest time of their lives. You don't go through more change physically or emotionally in any other part of your life, except for the first three years. Like that's the biggest amount of change you go through in your entire life between the ages of 12 and 18. So Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. so imperative. And plus, if I teach fifth grade or sixth grade on top of all that, I get to go on like the the field trip at the end of the year, like the Slide Park or the Washington, D.C. and <laughs> that chaperone. So why the fuck would I want to teach a seventh grade class? Like, they don't get to do shit. Oh, no, they don't no, get to go to Disneyland. Uh, trampoline park gets kind of scary at this age, you know what I'm saying? The knees don't work right. Yeah, yeah, I don't do trampolines. I noticed that my wind, I don't have the wind anymore for a trampoline. It's like, wow. I don't have the kneecap for it. I came down and was like, mm, mm. my knee, like I went on a trampoline. And when I tell you my knee made the same sound that Megatron makes when he transforms. Oh, no. Jesus. Oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. <laughs> I came down and I was trying to, you know, bounce into it so I could go back up. And all you heard was. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Storytellers, the show that proves that anyone can tell a story. I'm Derek, and as always, I am joined by a litany of talent. Um, I am so happy that you joined me today. I'm just so happy to be here. Um, I am joined today by one of the coolest teachers in the entire world, period, point blank. Um, I'm joined by Rainy from the Red Dove Podcast. Rainy, how are you doing today? Thank you so much. I'm doing fantastic. I'm very excited about this. I've never done anything like this before, and I had such a blast. So I'm like very excited to see how this turned out. It was really cool. And I can tell you because I've heard the entire thing. Y'all did great. Uh, I'm (laughs) also joined by Brett. Uh, Brett, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited about this. Like uh, like she said, uh, like Rainy said, very new for me. And I was like, man, you know, trying to like make up a story is fun. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I really enjoyed that. And I'm uh, right. my brain. So appreciate it. You know what? It, it's it's one of those things that once you, well, once I, because none of y'all motherfuckers did it. But once you think of the concept, <laughs> it's like, why didn't anybody else do this? And oh, yet yeah. it is, it's just literally proving that anyone can tell a story. So it's really, really dope. Um, are you really... Yo, so the Left Titty Podcast. So it used to be Left. It used to be Left Titty Podcast. And it's a play on words. So we all know the DMX song. Uh, used to be my heart. You was in my left titty. So it's like that's where your heart is. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it was a play on words. But we changed the name to Tom Body Podcast now. You know, a Southern slang for talk about it. So 
Uh, I, I a lot of people like, like, like yourself was like, oh, my titty, oh, what's that? Uh, the sponsor <laughs> stuff was a little weird. I'll explain that to some people, you know, some white guys up in corporate America. They don't really get it. Say less. Explain <laughs> to me what left titty means. Exactly. Are, are you talking about mother? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Oh you talking God. about titties on this show? Oh, no. <laughs> is this is this a sex positive show? Or are you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, Who's titty? All okay. those questions I so, answer, dog. <laughs> so let me get this straight. They have no problem sponsoring Joe Rogan's ass, but they got a problem with left titties. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And no matter how many times I tried to explain it, uh, you know, left titty is where your heart is. So basically, you know, y'all in my heart, but if I, you know, try to explain it, uh, you know, mm, it sounds like titties. Oh, okay. All right, it's cool. <laughs> you can explain it all you want, Bob. Can I count you? <laughs> You put left titties on Casper mattresses or wherever that fucking mattress company was that was sponsoring everybody two years ago. Right. You know, I should have thought about that, getting like a mattress sponsor. That would have been dope. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know what? Left Titty Podcast brought to you by Serta. Serta helping support them left titties. I hope you get that bag. Those beds are expensive. Jesus. (laughs) You know what? I was talking to my beloved wife about mattresses. And she was like, why the fuck are mattresses? She doesn't cuss a lot. She does, and it's funny, but not a lot. So I'll be honest. She was like, why are mattresses so expensive? And I was like, because it's a one-time cost. Like, mattresses, tires, stuff like that. Like, they cost so much, you only need to buy them once every couple years. So they're going to bilk you out of everything you can. But... With that said, why the fuck are mattresses so goddamn expensive at that place? Like, Sarda, I don't want to pay $3,000 for a mattress. Is the mattress, if I turn over in the right way, am I going to feel a gentle tugging somewhere where I need it at night? Like, is it going to massage my back? Like, what are we doing here? So, Derek, you had a long day. Uh, we're going to massage you. Uh, seems like, you know, like, if it did something like that, then I'd pay $3,000 for it. If it, like, talks to me right. at night and puts me to bed. But well, you know, you in, <laughs> we spend like yeah. a third of our lives asleep and laying down. So, I mean, I understand, like, don't sleep on a real good mattress. So, like, when you get that, it's, it is, I mean, you sleep like an absolute fucking baby and you wake up and you're like, oh, I feel like I'm nine, 19 years old again and ready to just spring into the world. So That, Rainy, I have to say <laughs> that that first statement you made was literally the new slogan for Walmart's mattresses. Don't sleep on a really good mattress. Walmart. <laughs> Walmart's like, we don't have them here. <laughs> oh, shit. So, Storytellers is a show where I get four people uh, together, and we tell a story based on three cards that I draw out of a box. Uh, the cards go to the first storyteller who is selected randomly based on the first name of each of the storytellers. Um, and they have the first person has to make sure to include the three cards in the story. It doesn't have to be the basis of the story, but it needs to be included. Uh, their segment has to be between five and seven minutes, and it cannot end or come to a climax. Uh, then they send their segment to me and I send it off to the next person who continues the story without, again, bringing it to a climax or ending the story. Um, the third person will bring the story to a climax, but they won't end the story. And the fourth person will take the third person's story and they will, um, 
what well, in the motherfucker like they need some shit they bring it all together and then they end it and each person has five to seven minutes so the first person doesn't know how the story began and the last person doesn't know how the story ended then after it's all said and done we get everybody together for a nice little zoom meeting a little zoom, zoom, zoom in the boom, boom. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? But we get them all together for a zoom meeting where we sit down and we listen to the story in whole. And we ask each other, what the fuck were you thinking when you came up with this? No, really, we do it. We, I, I ask that question. Um, but really, it turns out being really cool because it gives folks an opportunity to uh, express what they were thinking of when they did their segment. Um how much fun they had with the segment, things of that nature. Um, and it gives everybody a chance to really just pat each other on the back. It's a really good time. Um, also, we have uh, Deja, who was unable to be here today. Um, but I'm hoping that she is doing well um, and that she will be able to, you know, let y'all know what she was thinking of when he, when she did her segment, when she hears this overall uh, tell so rainy began the story and then deja went second and then brett brought it to a climax and then the lovely and wonderful Didi, who i forgot to even introduce didi has been on the story before with me and they are always dope Didi, how are you doing today uh, i'm good <laughs> a, See, little, a little nervous you should not be nervous. See, Didi was on, like I said, another one of my podcasts, Hindsight, and this is their first time doing Storytellers. But trust me, everything went oh, just Lord. fine. Oh, um, Lord. The three cards that were drawn were Witness, Guessing Game Gone Wrong, and Holiday. And knowing that those three cards were the three cards, Didi, how many of them made it to the end of the story? What, what were the choices again? Witness, guessing game gone wrong, and holiday. Ooh, it's okay to say over. None of them. I don't remember. Probably, guess, probably guessing. I don't know what. Yeah, guessing. I was guessing the fuck out of my part of the story. Big ass zero. Like none of them made it to the end, as far as I know. Yeah, and none yet, of them. And yet, it was still a blast. I guarantee y'all. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm going to prove it. Here is part one of the story. Uh, here's Rainey's part. Cyrus Pennyweather Winkler Moss snuggled deeper into his orange and purple knit scarf his wife Janet had made for him for Christmas two years before as he hurriedly crossed the street with said spouse's hand in tow. It was a hideous scarf and not something he would have ever worn or picked out for himself. It was scratchy and made of possibly chicken wire or a cactus or something else equally unpleasant. He really hated it, which is why he wore it often. The constant prickling reminded Cyrus of who he was, or rather who he was supposed to be. Cyrus wasn't actually his name, you see. Janet wasn't his wife's name either. They had given up their actual names years ago. You see, Cyrus was an assassin. Like a cliched, wielding cool guns and toppling foreign governments type of assassin. He made the characters Jason Statham plays on movies look like kindergarten bullies. He was super cool, super legit. He had money, a hot wife, a killer pad, the coolest of cars. He was absolutely untouchable. 
especially when he went into his super assassin mode, or SAM for short. SAM, Sam, was triggered by a very specific set of words that turned Cyrus into a super Saiyan of assassins. He went into a trance-like state, and until the secret signal was given, Cyrus would rampage indiscriminately. He could not be stopped, and he was the greatest asset the U.S. government had. And it all came crashing down around five years ago when a government-sanctioned assassination attempt went horribly wrong. He was sent into Tampa Bay to kill a mercenary disguised as Olaf from Frozen at a children's birthday party. Not exactly his usual mark, and he would have questioned it, but he trusted his handler, Larry. That turned out to be the biggest mistake of his life. Larry was deep in debt with the Danish mob and its leader, Hamlet. To avoid severe punishment, Larry agreed to have Hamlet's greatest nemesis, Rick from accounting, killed to pay for his debt. Rick had deep ties to the Peruvian gangsters of San Diego, where Cyrus and Janet lived. Cyrus was tricked into carrying out an assassination on an innocent man by Larry at a children's birthday party. It got really weird and no one wanted any cake afterwards, which was a shame because it came from a bakery down the street and it had fresh strawberries in the middle. Anyways, Cyrus murdered Olaf in front of screaming children under the impression that they were all threats to the U.S. government. To thank Cyrus for all the dirty things they had asked him to do, the U.S. government pardoned him for the murders and agreed to put him and Janet in the witness protection program as they had made a huge enemy of the Peruvians. Larry managed to get away before charges could be brought before him. Cyrus shook his head and tightened his grip around Janet's hand. Now they found themselves in Palm Springs on Christmas, going to a holiday party for Janet's company that sold spoons or something. It was quite literally the last thing Cyrus wanted to do. But as Janet had pointed out, they needed to blend in better. And that is how he found himself knocking on a door of a porch that looked like Hobby Lobby threw up all over the place with a bottle of Merlot under his arm and his spirits quickly fading. Are there going to be games here? He muttered. Of course, Janet replied. Do we have to play? Yes, and smile, would you? We are a happy, holiday-loving couple, remember? Cyrus sighed as the door swung open and a pleasantly plump woman wearing the most god-awful Christmas disaster of a sweater warmly greeted them. Janet, you made it! Oh, we are just so happy to have you. And this must be your husband, Cyrus. Hi there, I'm Stacy. It's so nice to meet you. Well, come on in. Oh, you didn't have to. Thank you for the wine. Aren't you just the sweetest? If the outside of the house was over the top, that was nothing compared to the decorations inside. Good God, was there anything left in the seasonal section at Target? They ventured further into the home and were visually assaulted by Santas, snowmen, elves, and far too much glitter for one home. They could hear uproarious laughter coming from the living room and entered. There are about 15 people sitting on various couches and chairs, wearing an odd mixture of ugly sweaters, formal attire, and one guy who was dressed as a gnome for some reason. They were all crowded around an easel and cracking up as a man feverishly drew what appeared to be a duck. Is it a redwood tree? One woman guessed. A pot of chicken noodle soup, someone else tried. Obviously, it's Abraham Lincoln giving his address at Gettysburg. Cyrus made a mental note not to drink or eat anything in this house, as they were all clearly tripping very hard. Is it a duck? Janet piped up. 
the entire party stopped and looked at her. Yes, yelled the artist and everyone clapped. You're so good at this, one man said. Here, you draw next, said another woman. Janet was roughly pushed into the room and handed a marker and given a hat where she pulled a slip of paper out, grimaced, and began drawing what looked to be a bicycle. Before Cyrus could as much as put them both out of their misery by guessing, a voice shouted out, Is it a Raggedy Ann doll on top of an elephant singing the Canadian National Anthem? (laughs) Janet's eyes went wide and fearful. Her head swung to Cyrus and saw his eyes glaze over. She gasped. Oh my God, he's gone into S-A-M mode. So, Rainy? <laughs> yes. I have questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I figured. <laughs> um, so, at some point in while I was listening to this, and I've listened to it a lot because it's fucking dope. Like, let's get that out the way first. It's, it's fucking dope. Um, <laughs> I wanted to say, yeah, you betcha. Um, <laughs> don't you know, like, like all those things that you hear in Fargo, <laughs> where are you, how'd you get that white woman voice so well done? Um, why does it sound like it's from Minnesota? Why do you read Minnesota to California? And what were you thinking when you came up with this segment? Oh man. Well, um, I, I'm from Southern California and I live in predominantly white areas. So I think I've got white accents down pat pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I figured the easiest way to get across that I was speaking as a white woman was to do that Fargo accent. I feel that. <laughs> I understand wholeheartedly. <laughs> so what were you thinking when you came up with that segment? So you sent me that email saying that you had drawn the witness card, the guessing game gone wrong and a holiday. So I know you said that we had to incorporate it, but I was like, all I can do is focus on those. So I was thinking, how could a guessing game go wrong? And the minute I saw Witness, I was like, ah, Witness Protection Program. Mm. And then I thought, who could be in a Witness Protection Program? Probably a spy or an assassin. And how could that go wrong at a guessing game? Well, when you go to holiday parties, they love playing games like that. So I was like thinking, how could uh, somebody in a witness protection program go wrong at a holiday party guessing game? So I was thinking charades. And then I just started thinking, um, you know, like I was thinking more like um, I'm a big Marvel fan. So, you know, looking at like Winter Soldier and things like that and mm having those uh those key phrases that kind of change you into something else and i was like well i feel like if a super assassin goes haywire at a holiday party that would be a guessing game gone pretty wrong <laughs> i um i would never play with those people they're really bad <laughs> at pictionary for a duck to become abraham lincoln but i thought that it was perfect i thought it was funny i laughed throughout um, the voices were on point. Um, knowing that you're from California and you just chose to make those your voices, I just want to say, so do I. Like when I do Ratchet Book Club, so check it out, check it out, check it out. When I do Ratchet Book Club, <laughs> the white people's voices sound like this, freeze. <laughs> and I know white people don't sound like that, but yet it's still, why are you talking about me like that, Bob? Huh? Like, and it's 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 a horrible thing. I'm white people. No, it's not. Look, I, yeah, I, I think I just, we all kind of have that same like 
Yeah. That, that one that we use, that go-to white people voice, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> that good old fashioned yeah. I say the N-word when nobody's around. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> we've all, like, secretly met, like, or met someone like that, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. What do you think about Randy's segment? Randy's segment, first of all, your voice is amazing. Uh, uh, makes me feel like, man, I should have, I should have did better. Shoot, but no, no, your voice is amazing, and I and I love where you started it, and I'm glad. I know we ain't, uh, we're not at mine yet, but I was kind of like, oh my gosh, listen to yours. Like, did I like mess this up? Was she trying to go that route that I went to? But I think, I think I kind of did. But nah, um, I thought your segment was amazing. Um, you really, you could tell you're a teacher because you was able to put those voices with it, and you could tell you teach like you're. <laughs> Put those voices with you made it real interactive. I, I tasted that cake that you talked about, like even though it was like a quick second, like man, I want a piece of that little straw that cake with the strawberry in the middle. You know, right. like, yeah, that for a second. So, yeah. <laughs> so no, definitely dope segment. And uh yeah, yeah man, uh, I think you incorporated the holiday stuff because who likes going to those holiday parties anyways? I, I cannot stand them, especially right? if it's like work related or something. No way. Please don't invite me to those. Right. So, Rainy, knowing now that you're from Southern California, are you still in the area? Or are you? Did you move elsewhere? No, I'm in Southern California. Actually, I was okay. in Palm, I was in Palm Springs over the holiday weekend. So check it out between <laughs> you and me, between me and you, Rayleigh's. Rayleigh's is a restaurant or a store that I know they have in Northern California. I'm I'm up here in uh, Sacramento, so. Um, they have Rayleigh's up here and they have this cake called a chocolate kiss cake, a strawberry chocolate kiss cake. Ooh. Oh Lord. Um, and the middle of it is stuffed with strawberries and it's a chocolate cake with a strawberry ganache, uh, frosting with chocolate drizzle on the outside and a big ass strawberry stuck in the middle. And it is fucking perfect. Oh, okay. So when you were talking about this strawberry cake in the middle, I was like, okay, I know what I'm eating next week. But <laughs> yeah, the descriptions were perfect. But, you know, don't let me tell it. Didi, what do you think about Rainy's segment? <laughs> I will always apply to anyone smart enough to leave San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> Like I was born and raised out here. I'm moving back to Chicago in a few months. It's just, yes, yes, please don't come out here. Just, just leave. D- d- Are you, don't even visit. My whole family is from San Diego. <laughs> yeah, they should leave too. Like, just, just go somewhere else. San Diego ain't it. It's, it's not what it used to be. Like, it's not. It's not. Uh, but um, hmm. as far as the story goes. Um, Yes to all of it. It was fantastic. I had to mute myself because I was laughing a little too hard. And what was the character's like full name? Um, it was Cyrus uh, Penny Was. Wait, Penny Weather Von Was. I think. I- yeah, I lost my shit when I heard that name. So yes, yes, brilliant. Fucking fantastic. <laughs> Fucking fantastic. Um. So Deja is not here. Um, and this isn't like one of those award shows where uh, a former member of Destiny Child stands up and takes an award for a famed uh, woman beater and tells everybody else to be quiet and pay homage. Um, oh, Lord Jesus. I am, <laughs> I am going to play Deja's part. We're all going to compliment Deja's part. I mean, I've heard it, so I already know the greatness that is within it. 
But unfortunately, Deja will not be able to tell us exactly what she was thinking. If y'all are interested in finding out what Deja was thinking uh, for her segment, I'm going to put her name into the show notes uh, on Twitter. So y'all can be like, Deja, I heard what you said. And then go from there. That's uh, also my my voice for Asian people. See, y'all thought that was my voice for Black people. And y'all should be ashamed of yourselves. That is literally my Aquafina voice. <laughs> oh, wow. So your Aquafina <laughs> That's my Aquafina wow. voice, ladies and gentlemen. So, with no further ado, let's go ahead and get to part two of this story. <laughs> that's, that's good. That's good. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> this is, this is like Deja's it. segment of the story. Here's part two. Janet knew that look. She didn't understand why it was happening now. Shock confusion and fear came rushing in on her feeling she had come to know all too well but thought she could finally leave them behind witness protection was supposed to be their new start janet felt her own personal sam mode taking over same angry moments raggedy and elephant canada why did they choose that moment to activate him they could have and should have been given some advance notice, you know, warned. But the three-letter agency couldn't be bothered with that level of decency. It was a nasty business. Janet was grateful still for the few moments of peace and normality that they were able to carve out, no matter how infrequent or fleeting. Cyrus was still frozen in that piercing mannequin stare. Janet quickly made a lame excuse to leave after pretending to check her phone that had been tucked in her back pocket while playing the game. She told them her neighbor had sent a message that they needed to get home because their dog, Nuchen, was hurt and could need medical attention. So, of course, they had to leave. Everyone was kind and seemed to understand. Nugent needed them. They all knew that Cyrus and Janet had no kids, and everybody knows pets often become surrogates for children. Only there was no Nugent. No dog, no cat, not even a goldfish. How could they afford to give any living creature that kind of time and attention? Back in the car now, Penny exploded. I thought we were done with this Cyrus Pennyweather wrinkle moss. I thought this cruel assassin business was behind us. Cyrus still had that pathetic blank stare on his face. Instantly, she felt shame. She knew he had no control over it. He was as helpless as she was. They were both at the mercy of the threes. Penny and Cyrus's nickname for the agency her father had co-founded. The father who had devoted his life to his work. So much so that he gave me his only child to it as well. Yes, my marriage to Cyrus was arranged before I finished college. Dad chose Cyrus and I went along without any pushback. Dad didn't like pushback. But also because... I genuinely liked Cyrus. I might actually have chosen him myself, under the right circumstance. He was handsome, smart, and funny, yet not arrogant. 
Our early years were great, filled with travel and the creative, energizing excitement of building our nest. We bought a beautiful Tudor-style home and made plans to fill it with family. We had little to no disagreements and quite enjoyed each other's company. But slowly, after a few years, his work seemed to become more important, much like my dad. Then a few years later, my dad died, and our lives blew up and fell apart. Dad's partner, Bernard, didn't like me or Cyrus. He sent Cyrus on what was basically a suicide mission that upended our lives and landed us in witness protection. We were forced to leave everything behind, our beautiful home and all our dreams. I still have trouble forgiving my dad, but I know it wasn't his intent. He wanted Cyrus to take over the agency. Bernard knew that too, but he had other plans that didn't take long for him to put in motion. So now here we are, Cyrus in SAM mode and activated to go God knows where, to do God knows what, to God knows who. I was angry and anxious because I too would soon be moving someplace else to become someone else. We had to get off this merry-go-round. I knew we needed a plan. And then I remembered the letter my dad had left in the safety deposit box and his instructions. Only open if, and that was underlined, the train leaves the track. I'd say our life had definitely gone off the rails. Fucking Bernard. <laughs> I, I have yet to run into a Bernard in any situation. I take that back. My wife's, I don't know, like, like so her mom's cousin second cousin i don't fucking know how this works anyhow my wife's cousin his name's bernard he's i right. every other but and bernard king every other bernard that i've met can go fuck themselves <laughs> i said that without hesitation if your name is bernard go fuck yourself brett you have no idea how close you were in the alphabet to being asked gently to go and fuck yourself fam even Bernard Hopkins? Ah. Yes! Because he can't come close enough to me to punch me in my face. <laughs> what, a, Jesus. Wait, what about St. Bernard's? They're dogs. Okay. They don't I count. Make, I just wanted to make sure, because I really love them. <laughs> yeah. No, St. Bernard's are cool. <laughs> they they hold a spot in my left titty. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> what are the Ben and Jerry guys? Is this real name Bernard or anything? Do we know? Where's Don't ben? do that. Don't do that. We're going to say his name is Benjamin. All right. Okay. <laughs> we are not. Dude, you are not going to pit me against ice cream. You devious motherfucker. You, you will not do that to me on on, on, on this day. <sighs> so, Diddy, you're last. Um, yeah. How's the story yeah. going so far for you? Yeah. It's already a couple of discrepancies. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, same, same, same. Yeah, <laughs> my part makes no sense. It's great. Yeah, I'm starting to feel the same way. 
Why do you think I'm missing out on? Why do you think of Dangerous Park, Didi? Um, I got nothing bad to say. It's dope. Um, do they read audiobooks on the side? Right. Not they need to. Right. No, uh, she is a prominent podcaster. You'll catch her on Twitter like all the time um, doing spaces. Uh, I believe her spaces are called like Democracy Now! And just so informative and just like really elevate my mind every time I, I step into them and listen to them. So it's the one space that I get into where I don't say shit. Because I... <laughs> Erica Badu said it best. The famed Negro poetess, Erica Badu, said it best when she said, <laughs> the, the, the man who knows something knows that he knows nothing at all. That's how I feel every time I talk to Deja. Mm. I don't know shit. I, I feel like a first grader talking to a ninth grader about basically anything. Yeah. yeah. Brett, what do you think about this part? I'm sorry I was late. Deja, we were just talking about you behind your back. Hey. So we just finished. Deja. Deja, first of all, hi, girl. Hey. Hey. Hey, hey. hey. I am so sorry. It's been a little crazy. And I, I was like, total, I was waiting for this. And then uh, time escaped me because I was trying to calculate my central time zone. So forgive me, it's please. A, it's okay. Je- uh, Jennifer Lopez was waiting for tonight. These things. Happen. Oh my goodness! Everybody I miss J Lo. Oh no. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or 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 Miss Whitney Houston. That's what she oh, wanted yeah. us to call her for a little while. Then we found out that post was fake. So all those <laughs> you are a put away. <laughs> but Deja, we literally just finished listening to your segment. Do you want to tell folks what the fuck you were thinking of when you came up with that part and why you named that nigga Bernard? <laughs> why, I did, why, why I did what Bernard you named that nigga Bernard like of all the names Bernard is a villain name Bernard is the name of I don't even know what the motherfucker's name was from Happy Gilmore not Happy Gilmore uh, Billy Madison Shooter, the one who was trying to take over the oh. business uh-huh. I feel like his name should have been Bernard <laughs> I don't know because it, 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 you know the funny thing is is that I I I, I it needed to be a B. I don't know why. And um, I had another one. Uh, I What was my first one? I think, and I felt like it sounded too soft, uh, like Barney or, or something like that. And uh, so I was like, go with Bernard and go hard. Because I have a cousin who's named Bernard, who's a sweetheart, and I love him. I was like, oh. Bernard, yeah. Because when <laughs> Bernard sounds like, you know, he can go either way. You know? <laughs> Oh, so that's the one good Bernard that we now know, ladies and gentlemen. I, five minutes yeah. later, my my theory was crushed. I said that every Bernard in the world is a fuckboy. So <laughs> I have never seen someone change their stance so quickly. What in 180? And that is yeah, democracy but, at its finest. I get new facts and opinions and I change. That's <laughs> yeah, called but, growth. Yeah. It's growth. But he's the only one that I know. Okay. So you, your theory can still hold true. Um, and um, for that. But yeah, um, I, Bernard sounded like an evil, you know, like person. You know, like um, he tried to be, you know, uh, just a cold businessman. Yeah, Bernard. <laughs> Bernard sounds like he pours sugar in people's gas tanks. 
exactly. Mm-hmm. Bernard, you know, like he he got the suit and tie. He's you know like um, <laughs> he's smoozing and, and cruising. <laughs> and he'll stab you in the back. Bernard sounds like he'll eat your lunch and then help you look for it. look and see my cousin he could have a little that because he is a um he is a retired marine okay who we used to jokingly call him the kindergarten cop because he became a teacher after he retired Ooh, oh lord (laughs) that would be a beautiful interesting situation from Mm -hmm. marines to and also tell him i said thank you for your service and i mean that's from the bottom of my heart but, I'm sorry I was late, guys. I uh, but that was so you ain't miss shit. You ain't miss was, nothing. That was so <laughs> much fun, Derek. I, I I was kicking myself. Why did I wait so long to do this? Because uh, I was trying to think of you know like um, the first track after I I listened to it. I was like, oh, I like this story. I was like, I gotta keep you know. I gotta you know like make sure it, it, it stays good and, and people can build off of it. But uh, who was it? Was it Rainy that did the mm-hmm. first part? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That was beautiful. And I had to go back and listen. I was like, let me make sure I love that name. <laughs> and and I, I, I just want to point out how weird it was that Didi was asking, you know, what was the name again? And then, Deja says it in the very next segment. Like, just this, mm-hmm. the name right here. Boom. Mm-hmm. Wink was like, yeah. Yes, I got to keep that name. I loved it. <laughs> <sighs> and you so, know, when you said Janet, you know who it made me think of? Uh, are you guys, I'm telling my age here now, but. Uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. The, uh, yes, yes. Damn it. <laughs> yes, Janet. Yes. Yes, there's only three Janets that I recognize in the world. One is Janet Jackson. Jackson. Of you can course. call me Janet. <laughs> the other one is damn it, Janet. And then exactly. the third one is Janet Reno. Like, don't don't ask mm-hmm. me. That. Like, go, go, go. Exactly. Fuck, go but yeah. those are the three. So yeah. don't beat Rainy. me up because I'm not familiar with the Rocky Horror Picture Show. So. Mm. <laughs> you you have to take time to watch. It was a cult film that came out uh, during my day. And I actually, a little uh, digression here, but I saw it when I was in the military. I was in Germany and I went to a German theater to see it. And so it was mostly Germans and a few of us Americans in there. And it's one of those where you participate. The Mm -hmm. the audience participate. And it is so fun. It was so fun Mm -hmm. and cool. And it's still crazy and fun. When I watch it, it's just crazy. It's about a, you know, like, it's like a, a trans horror house. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And plus, they came up with the greatest song in a musical of all time, The Time Warp. Okay, yeah. Let's do Time mm-hmm. Warp. And we would do the dance. Like, so that's exactly. what we were doing in the theater. That, like, you know. Uh, yes, I still, so I have fond memories of that. That was my, my cultural, uh, cult film of, <laughs> of my time. Well, the cult film of our time was Belly. So we, I think you got the better one <laughs> of the two. <laughs> um, yeah, that's just coming out in 4K this year too. I'm happy. Fuck you. Now I am not familiar with Belly. I'm going to have to. It's okay. You don't it's need to be familiar awful. with it. It's so bad. Yeah. It's good. It, it is so worst, worst, no. best acting you'll ever see. 
What they <laughs> meant to say? What 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 Didi meant to say? What they meant to say was it's so bad. <laughs> it, there's no way there's good behind it. It's just so bad. Um, I actually did a show. I did an episode of Hindsight on it. If y'all listeners who are listening to this right now are interested, just go to Hindsight and type in Belly. Don't There's a part, and this is all I'm going to say about it before I pass it back over to Rainy so she can say what she was thinking, what she thought about the, you know, the overall of how this story is going so far. But there's a part where they're bagging up dope in a guy's house. As you do. And and the, the as you do, you know, in, in Nebraska. Um, <laughs> and the guy, <laughs> and what the else guy, is there to do in Nebraska? <laughs> his wife is a cop. And she sneaks up on him while he's bagging up dope and puts a gun <laughs> to the back of his head and says, freeze, motherfucker. Oh, my. And everybody at the table are all bagging up dope and they all turn around and look at her and it's like, <laughs> your cock wife just pulled the gun on you and said, freeze, motherfucker. That's so funny. Oh, my goodness. Is that an actual scene? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. No, no. Yeah, it's sounding sounding as bad as you um, said. (laughs) It's a movie with terrible rappers doing terrible acting and Method Man. That sounds amazing. One of my favorite things in the world is to watch terrible movies. I just finished watching Velocipaster. So that is. Oh my God, it's on my list. It's so good. What in the hell? It is a Velocipaster. Oh, please let me explain what Velocipaster is. Pastor Dinosaur or something? Yes, it is about a American (laughs) pastor who loses his family right at the beginning and his parents, and he goes to China to team up with a prostitute to fight crime and ninjas, and he turns into a Velociraptor for reasons. Is Gerard (laughs) Butler in this? No. Oh, there's no one in it. There's nobody in this one. The best they could oh, get was Gerard Depardieu. Wow. <laughs> it it's one of the best things I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, the first 10 minutes, I was crying, laughing so hard. It is. I Watch it. Just watch it. So, Rainy, oh. when we start hindsight back up and we're doing some of our horrible movies, I will have you on because somebody had me watch a movie where uh, three black people take on the Klan. And oh it was horrible. Oh, please. So but watch Belly and then listen to our discussion about Belly because okay, it okay. was fucking fantastic. Um, but Cocaine Bear think, comes out in a couple weeks. So. I'm here what comes out in a couple weeks? Cocaine Bear, yes. Cocaine Bear. I, oh, Cocaine Bear, I can't wait. Yes. Oh, God. <sighs> Cocaine Bear. So, Rainy, how are you liking the story so far? I'm loving it. I love what Deja did with it. I was, <laughs> I had left it off and I was like, I wonder if the next person is going to murder everyone at this party. I'm kind of glad Deja didn't. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yes, I wasn't sure quite how it took me a moment. I was like, this has got to go on because we need two more speakers. I can't start killing everybody off. Um, so I was like, okay, how do we continue? How do we get it to continue? 
Um, and I wanted, I felt like it was good to give a little backstory, like, you know, letting everyone know Janet's dad basically sold her soul, sold his and <laughs> hers to the company. <laughs> Which I, I love that you put that backstory in it. I love that kind of evil father. It kind of gave me scandal vibes, you know, with Carrie. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. I was like, Ooh, this is, this is getting good. I was excited. And can I just say like, your voice, you sound like you should be on NPR. Like, I just love your voice when you speak. It was, it was, oh, I loved it. I'm telling y'all, y'all check out one of her spaces and it is just. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm taking a little bit of a break now. I'm actually going kind of in a different direction. So I still be, you know, I'll get them started back up. But, um, you know, I'm trying to pump uh, my advocacy arena uh, work, which was inspired from uh, Pixie's podcast, my my community there, you know, mm-hmm. when I met you guys and you guys helped me a lot. And then, you know, like um, I had created the podcast and had the idea and everything. And then I bumped into Eugene and Spaces and we started having the conversations around democracy and, um, and just uh, really. Um, touched a chord um, and was, you know, like I found my voice there. So I was like, okay, now I have the content that I had created like a year ago, like the idea I have, you know, like a direction for it. So I'm just going to be continuing that. Okay. Love it. Brett, did I ask you what you thought about Tasia's part or did we just start making fun of niggas named Bernard? Uh, yeah, yeah, you did, um, yeah. And then I think Deja came like right in. As I was about to get into it, so but I, I thought it was amazing. Like even listening to it um, before I did my part, I just was like, "Man, I don't have that kind of voice." Um, but you know, <laughs> but, uh, but I don't I, have the know, voice of a sultry black woman. Oh my god, you guys are making me feel you know, so good. <laughs> like like she should be on an audio book, like Audible, reading everyone's stories. But um. um no, I, I kind of I loved where she went with the direction, so got my my wheels turning a little bit. So, uh, no, no, I, I love what she did with it though. Uh, yeah. well, and that Sam mode, now that tripped me up, Rainy. I was like, "What the hell is Sam mode?" <laughs> you know, <laughs> super assassin mode. Yeah. Yes, and and I so I had to go back and listen again, and I was like, "Okay." Ah, <laughs> uh, there's so yeah, many. You had me using the Google. I was like, what is Sam mode? (laughs) (laughs) And I went back and looked at it. (laughs) I went back and listened. I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. When I listen to them, I end up taking, like, pages of notes, just trying to keep everything all together and whatnot. So, so far, this has gone pretty much perfectly. Here's part three. Here's Brett's part. Does that sound like he fucked it up? He didn't fuck it up. I want to assure y'all that Brett didn't fuck it up. I didn't mean to make it sound like that. Like, it's going so great. And here's Brett's part. Like, no. The way you introduced that. (laughs) And now we've reached the rest of the story. Like, no, Brett does a perfect time or a perfect job. Here's, Here's Brett's part. Here's part three. Okay. When Penny opened the letter, there were three words that said, Tyler. Whiskey. Bravo. She read them out loud, and immediately, Cyrus broke from his frozen state. He looked over at Penny and said, What just happened? Penny couldn't believe what was happening. 
but she had to pull herself together and let Cyrus know what was going on. Once Cyrus was brought up to speed, they began to devise a plan. Penny looked at Cyrus and said, we have to get to Bernard. Cyrus looked at Penny and said, I know exactly where he... And then he froze and went back into his Sam mode, back into that frozen state that he was in. Cyrus! Cyrus! Penny yelled. Cyrus! But he didn't move. Penny stopped the car, opened the letter from her dad, and realized she didn't read it in completion. This time she did. Say the words, Tyler, whiskey, bravo. This will leave someone out of Sam mode for 15 minutes, but you only have three times to use it before it will never work again. Penny decided that she wouldn't say it again until she was able to get Cyrus home safely. When Penny arrived to the house, she began to gather supplies that they would need in order to take down the threes and Bernard. She gathered guns, ammunition, knives, and Cyrus' favorite weapon, his bow and arrow, and began to leave for the door. But while she was leaving, she heard a noise. She heard a loud bang. It seemed like it came from the kitchen. Then there was another bang. It seemed like it was coming from the living room this time. She said to herself, oh no, they found us. With all the excitement of finding the letter from her father, reading it, being able to get Cyrus out of his sand mode, she forgot that she could be tracked. Penny reached for her weapon, but as she was reaching, she heard a voice that she'd grown to hate so much. Penny, Penny, Penny. Now where do you think you're going? Said Bernard. Penny turned around. There was Bernard, standing with Cyrus. Leave us the hell alone, she exclaimed. We don't want to be a part of this anymore. We were out. You were never out, said Bernard. <laughs> you don't get to leave. Did your father ever tell you why we started the threes? Penny with a very confused look on her face. No, she said, and I don't care. We start out as a protection service, Bernard quickly jumped in and said. Then it quickly turned into us becoming a, a mercenary for hire of some sort. Your dad took on a job, and the job was a little bit too big. And when he took on this job, this time he took out the wrong person. So now we owe these guys, and we're in debt to them. And our business does what they ask us to do, and we have no choice but to do it. Why do you think he made you marry Cyrus? Do you know who he really is? He is the son of the man that we owe. Did your father never tell you this? Penny with a very angry look on her face. No, he didn't. So you see, <laughs> that's what I'm trying to tell you. There is no getting out, said Bernard. We are in until they say we are out. Penny with a very confused look on her face. Very angry look all over her. She pulls out her gun and she points it at Bernard's head. Now, now, says Bernard, don't do anything that's going to get us both killed. Penny looked around and seen nothing but red dots all over her body, insinuating that Bernard obviously brought back up with him. Look, we both want the same things. You and Cyrus want out of the threes, and I want you out of the threes. It's a win-win for everybody. I just need you all to go on this one last mission for me. No, Penny yelled. We are done with this life. You're done when I say you're done, says Bernard, as he points the gun at Cyrus' head. Now make your choice, or live with the consequences of your decision. Penny took a deep breath and yelled, Tyler, whiskey, bravo. <laughs> and what does that mean? Bernard chuckled. It means you just fucked up, said Cyrus as he grabbed the gun out of Bernard's hands.
<laughs> oh, Brett. Brett, I just got to get this out first. Brett, you have a guy named Cyrus, right? Cyrus goes into, what's Sam stand for again, Rainy? Super assassin mode. Super assassin mode. We call it Sam mode, right? In the midst of Sam mode, we find out that Cyrus's favorite weapon is a bow. (laughs) Making him not Rambo, (laughs) but Sambo. wonderful and um i listened to each one of these segments like four or five times each uh because my wife is a huge fan of y'all stories like honestly she loves everything that y'all come up with um but i i thought it was wonderful i just want to know what you were thinking of when you came up with it uh kind of like you know like the born identity you know what i'm saying Mm-hmm. Somebody uh, finds out they can, they got all these skills and things like that, and then finally learning what it is and not want to use it for the wrong that they intend, it, uh, intend you to use it for. And after listening to like Rainey's part, I see I kind of did put it together with like they owe somebody, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, check me out. As I'm listening, I'm like, oh, I did kind of say that, but I don't know. Uh, she, she, it was a different group that she said, you know, they had the good cake and all that stuff. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, that's kind of what I what I went to, like a John Wick type of deal. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's get out of it. I don't want to be with this assassination group. Um, but if you if you force my hand, I will. And then, like, like you said, when they when they tied in Bernard, man, Bernard is just an evil name. It's just an evil ass name. So I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm running with Bernard. Like <laughs> Bernard, Bernard is going to be my villain. So let's get it. And let's try to go stop Bernard real quick. <laughs> so. Special, special surprise. This would have been what I had done. Sorry. This just me being an absolute ass. Turns out Bernard's a really nice person. And, you know, just misunderstood. Just talking so nice to everybody. And everybody's like, shut the fuck up, Bernard. You're the fucking villain. Okie dokie. <laughs> he's, he's like, he's like, Bernard shit. I see Bernard as like like as big as like old boy on uh, we all said we watch Marvel, right? So um mm-hmm. what's a Kingpin, like somebody like him. That's what I see Bernard, <laughs> like this nice suit, this big guy. And oh, he's yeah. coming to just like, you know, hey, y'all ain't going nowhere. Where do you think you're going? You know, he's all strong and you try to shoot him, it don't hurt. You know what I'm saying? So that's what, that's mm-hmm. what I've seen Bernard as, like this big evil man <laughs> that killed her dad secretly. You know, I, I could have went crazy, but I didn't want to go too far. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, and and when you think about it, like I said, my cousin Bernard, he he could be put in the Sam mode. I mean, he was a damn marine. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> so, Asia, what do you think of uh, Brett's segment? I loved it. I mean, he had he the way he paused, and you know, like I was like kind of sitting on the edge of the couch, going, "Okay, what's, what's going to happen next?" Mm, I was losing I my breath. That's why I was pausing. I was losing my breath. But but it made it, it, you know, like it was, I felt like it was a pause for emphasis, like you brought me into that pause, you know, and uh, (laughs) he really did. I was like, okay, what's up? 
what they're getting ready to do, you know? And uh, like I said, I love the way that you, you know, where you took the letter, like, cause I was like, okay, it's going to be interesting. You know, I was like, I got to give them an escape hatch. And, you know, like, I didn't know how it was going to be used. So I love what you did with that. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> and I did get that John Wick vibe, you know, kind of, because I, I like those kinds of names. With the fucking pencil. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I met that guy, Peter, really? uh, whatever his last name is. I met him at Six Flags, Magic Mountain, uh, getting on the oh. X2. Um, oh, shit. And I asked for two things. One was a picture, because why the fuck not? Like, this dude's legendary. And two, mm-hmm. I asked him to tell me the John Wick story. And the guy is so fucking nice. He literally, did I tell you about John Wick and how he killed two people in a bar with a fucking pencil? And it was, like, <laughs> the moment. Like, it was so wonderful. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, one of my favorite moments of my entire life is hearing an old white man tell me about how somebody who's not even real killed two people with a fucking pencil. Oh, we applauded. We applauded at, at, at the fucking roller coaster. There, there's a new John Wick movie coming out this year, right? John Wick. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> but while y'all are over here and while I have your attention, John Wick, yes, perfect. The first three, wonderful. Yep, basically the best action movies that came out in a while. Make sure you watch Violent Night. Okay. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm going to have me watching some John Wick this evening because I have been searching. I've been channel surfing between documentaries and, you know, just kind of mindless, you know, comedy, you know, over-the-top comedy stuff. So, John Wick it is. (laughs) (laughs) So, Dee Dee. Yes. What what did you think about uh, Brett's part? I mean, it's just hearing the whole story now. I keep thinking about where I fucked up. (laughs) So so I'm thinking like, okay, okay, I like where this is going. I got the John, um, not the John, the uh, board identity thing, and I had some ideas and whatnot. So I was enjoying this. And then you hear the rest of the story like, oh, shit. I assumed the dad was still alive. (laughs) <laughs> well, maybe he Oops. maybe he really was okay. exactly in these sort of stories the dad just be popping up out of nowhere okay exactly <laughs> oh like, also uh, oh, maybe maybe he disappeared for a while to you know like um shake some things up you know maybe he went to go get some cigarettes from the store that's what my dad said Oh no, you sound like uh, uh, because I'm also a nerd of uh, uh, Monk. I love Monk. And uh, oh, hell yeah. His backstory, you know, his dad left. (laughs) I think he, I don't know, it wasn't cigarettes, but it was something, and he never came back. Mm hmm. (laughs) So secret shame. Randy, did I ask you what you thought of Brett's part? I loved it. I I liked it. It kind of got like darker and kind of like I was like, oh gosh, is he gonna? Mm-hmm. It's he about brought the action. Yeah. yeah, I was really he brought excited. the action. Yeah, he mm-hmm. definitely did bring the action. That was fun listening to. Um, I was a little confused for a second. I was like, who's Penny? But I think Penny is Janet, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Janet. Yeah, uh-huh. I loved. It. <laughs> I was like, heck yeah, this is awesome. But you know what's funny? Because I 
I like, I toyed with that penny name for a minute. I had to go back and listen. So I love it. I love it. It's like <laughs> all of these people, you know, it's, are they really who they say they are? Yeah. I mean, honestly. Double identities and stuff. So mm-hmm. I, was like, I, I thought it was great. I liked how, um, I liked how suspenseful Brett mm-hmm. Like I was like, oh my God, what is, what is about to happen? And yeah, I, like I very much like that Jason Bourne, like Mission mm-hmm. Impossible, like action, like, you know, whips the gun away. And and I, I wrote down like, what was it? Um, Tyler Whiskey Bravo. I was like, what does that mean? Like, wh- I know I was waiting. I was like, okay, we're going to find out. We're going to yeah. yeah, yeah. find out. She used those code names in hers. I said, Let me take it somewhere too. I'm like, yeah, I was digging that code name stuff, man. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. I, I just want to point out there's literally no reason why she, Janet, can't be a penny for y'all thoughts. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we are, we are so five. in sync. It's so mm-hmm. crazy. <laughs> Self high five, thumbs up. With no further ado, let's go ahead and conclude this story. Oh, dear God. <laughs> I'll tell you right now. (laughs) No, and I'll tell you right now. I'm taking my headphones off so I don't have to hear my ass speak. Like, like me and Adam Driver are like this. He doesn't want to watch his shit. I don't want to hear my shit. So, (laughs) okay, I'll tell you when it's safe to put your earphones back on. But you're gonna no, no. These head, these head, these headphones are good. No, (laughs) you got to turn on your video so that I can tell you when to get back onto the mic. Mm Hmm. Hmm. With no further ado, <laughs> let's go ahead and get to the conclusion of this story. Here's Didi's segment. Now, I don't have much time, dear, so we must act quickly, said a cool, calm, and collected Cyrus. Run back to the room and grab my special jacket. You know the one. I'll deal with our fearless leader. Penny quickly runs to their bedroom and grabs the item, leaving Cyrus alone with Bernard who moves them to a part of the house that hides them out of the squad's line of sight. Good to see you again, Cyrus, said Bernard, in a tone so offensive would make a nun want to slap him. And before he can get another word out, Cyrus knocks him out with the gun handle. He looks around for his bow and arrow, spots it, and smiles. Penny comes back, with the jacket in hand, to see Cyrus draw back and release the third arrow, in the back of Bernard's skull, who lies dead on the floor. Dramatic much? Says Penny with a grin. Cyrus winks. They both head to a window and begin to take out as many guests as they can. When it comes time to reload, Cyrus pulls Penny close to him. When I revert back, surrender. Don't say the words till we get to my father. Run out immediately after as fast as you can. Find your father and officially retire. You won't have a worry in the world. Love you. Penny is shocked, and before she even has the chance to say, Since when? Cyrus leans in to kiss. Sensing that his second time was almost up, he uses his remaining arrows to take out a few more foes before reverting back to his frozen state. Penny immediately stops shooting, tosses her weapon outside, and yells, Okay, assholes. We're coming out quietly. Do not shoot. She grabs Sam's arm and leads them outside to the remaining squad members. Black sacks are placed on their heads and they're shoved into the back of an armored van. You know this is the son of your boss, right? 
says Penny, who's more than annoyed over this entire ordeal. Yes, but we don't need you to know where we're heading, said the driver. Oh, you mean the nice gated community where folks move to when they become super rich and Republican while forgetting where they came from? Am I right? Or do I need to keep going? Says a pleased Penny. Silence filled the van, and not a word was said until they arrived at the destination. A four-bedroom house with a sprawling backyard and semi-pleasant neighbors who kept to themselves in a gated community outside of the city. Penny, who was pulled out of the armored van while still blindfolded, said, Nailed it! The guards pushed them along into the house, <laughs> shooting menacing stares at anyone outside of the compound who couldn't help themselves by taking bets and playing who's this week's hostage. As they approach the entrance to the home, one of two armored guards opens the door for them. The house was as cliche as can be, lined up with many pieces of gangster flick memorabilia, a likely counterfeit limited edition Scarface poster, and a random Pac-Man arcade machine that doubled as a coat rack by the kitchen. Gold trim and light colors doing a poor job of blending in amongst the Jackson Pollock light splats of blood from unlucky visitors that were hastily painted over. The journey to the boss room was a short one as they arrived at their destination. Behind a big painfully beige desk sits Mr. Malone, head of the threes. You can remove the bags now. Untie them too, says Mr. Malone. Cyrus remained silent and emotionless, while Penny, visibly angry and breathing heavily, said nothing. Mr. Malone rises from his chair and walks towards his motionless son, waving a hand in front of him to see if he'd react, to which he didn't. Pleased with the situation, he walked back to his desk. So I understand you want out, said Mr. Malone. Yes, said Penny. You know that's not going to happen, right? Your father wanted the same, but sadly he'll be stuck in the unmarked plot I buried him alive in a few days ago. D don't you worry, though. You'll be joining him shortly, along with my son. Penny doesn't even have time to process the blow she was just dealt before Mr. Malone said, Gentlemen, feel free to do what I pay you for now. The guard to the left of her approaches. But before he could reach for his weapon, Penny stomps on his foot, disarms the guard, and quickly kills Cyrus's guard. She then shoots the unarmed fool on the floor, and then says, Tyler, whiskey, bravo. A bullet for each word, landing three non-lethal shots to the left side of Mr. Malone's body. Cyrus wakes up, kisses Penny and says, I'll give you a two-minute head start. Run outside, take the van, and get as far away from me as you can. Consider yourself free of all this. Before Mr. Malone can even make a move, Cyrus puts two in his right arm, leaving him unable to retaliate. Penny leaves the room. Cyrus waits a moment to make sure they're free, and not a second later, they hear two shots, informing them of the demise of the last two guards left on Mr. Malone's payroll, the ones who were guarding the entrance. You lousy... Mr. Malone can't even get the words out before Cyrus interrupts him. Son, you're a disgrace, blah, blah, blah. 
you made it painfully aware that you didn't give a fuck about me when you had me brainwashed. But guess what, Pops? Cyrus opens up his jacket, revealing C4 and grenades. And right before he pulls the pins, he says, Pop. The house explodes, <laughs> thus ending the three and Penny's previous unwanted life. While on the road just a few hours later after the blast, Penny gets two notifications on her phone. The first being an email with four words, you're good, enjoy life, and a text message from her bank informing her of a very large deposit that hit her account. So, is that it? Dee Okay, hold on. Hold on. Dee Dee. Give me a second. I literally threw clothes and towels and shit on top of my headphones so I didn't have to hear anything. Oh, you're back? Okay, cool. Enjoy yeah. life. And a text message from... You asshole! <laughs> <laughs> you ain't shit. Perfect. <laughs> fam, fam, loved one, my beloved, it was perfect. It was wonderful. You did a that great was a job. Great yeah, that was a great ending. I loved it. Oh, God. <laughs> the you. super assassin mode is Sam, and then the dad's name was Malone, so that's Sam Malone, so that's cheers. I just wanted to point that out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I loved it because I was not really expecting that. I was like, I knew it was going to be some some uh, violence and, and, you know, some killing. Uh but I didn't know who was going to make it out. And um, that is, like I said, I kind of held my breath when he said he opened up his jacket and I was like, oh my God, he's not going. <laughs> <laughs> so, Didi, what were you thinking when you came up with this segment? Um, Like, as soon as I heard the red dots part, I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, I'm going to blow everybody up. So... <laughs> So, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to tell you, if you see Dee Dee anywhere in public, no red dots, okay? Okay. <laughs> None. They oh went directly God. from red dots to, I'm a just, everybody can go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The like yeah. only one, I mean, you don't really see too many happy endings with this. So it's like, you know what, let me let home uh at least yeah. let homegirl make it out of this. Everybody else is dead. And, you know, it was just nice to shit on my city. Like, I'm always going to take an opportunity to shit on any part of my city. Because that was definitely somewhere in La Jolla. I just didn't mention it. <laughs> <laughs> I also want to point out that this all started from a game of Pictionary. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it did. Yeah, true that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that everybody uh, dies on this album is a perfect storyteller's episode in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> they say oh, a picture God. is worth a, thou- a picture is worth a thousand words, right? So I think we got that exactly. And I love mm. that game. I haven't played it in a long time, but I really do love it. And I just love this idea that you have. It's just um, so intriguing, and um, this, this story is is awesome. <laughs> Not just because I'm a part of it, but I, I just think that it was great. It's okay. I know it's because of your part of it. But Deja, what were you what what did you think about Didi's segment? <laughs> uh I liked it because like I said, I was 
I could, uh, his descriptions were good. I, I was visualizing this. And like I said, I literally kind of held my breath when, you know, like he was like opening up his jacket and, you know, the grenades and, you know, all of that was there. I was like, oh my. (laughs) (laughs) But also, um, you, he, um, he right. uh, had said something about nobody's coming out of this. Well, I'm sorry, let me mute my TV. Um, but I was—I have been watching this. Mind, one of the mindless TV shows I've been watching is um, Emily in Paris. It's really ridiculous. Mm. Okay. And um, <laughs> but one of the things that I kind—I of, love watching a lot of foreign shows. I, I watch a lot of Brit TV and stuff, but that's a Netflix thing. But um, one of the things that they said, which is absolutely true, um, is that you know it's like Americans that um, like these sappy, happy endings. They're like, you know, life is not like that. It's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I liked it. And when uh, you guys were talking about, you know, the ending or whatever, I, it made me think about uh, the episode where they were talking about that. Because, of course, they're always, you know, comparing you know, French culture to American culture. And that was one of the comparisons. <laughs> Rainy? Well, no, wait. Brett, what do you think about uh, Didi's segment? Oh, no, I thought it was dope. I, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, especially like oh. I had my jacket, you know, the good one, uh, you know, the one I'm talking about, she knows what to go get, you know, um, I, I liked how you, uh, how you put all that together. And then, uh, you know, I love, I love movies where like everybody, like some bur- blows up at the end of it. And I just see like a bell house just blowing up and her driving off listening. It's time for the twerculator or something like that. You know, <laughs> when, she gets, <laughs> when she gets her, uh, when she gets that deposit, you know what I'm saying? Like that's the end credits and the music comes up. It's time for the twerculator. You know, she gets some city girls. <laughs> so like, that's kind of where I see, uh, seen it going. But now nah, overall, I, I thought that was dope. Great ending to the whole story. You know what I mean? I love Thank the you. whole do the thing that I pay y'all for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just see these big guys come in punching their fists together. <laughs> like, I mean, because if Bernard's a bad guy, obviously the person who hired Bernard is going to be worse, right? Like, you <laughs> would course. think, like, to hire somebody like fucking Bernard, like, <sighs> <sighs> Rainy. So, this is your first time hearing all the rest of the story. Yeah, I haven't heard anything until today. What'd you think? Oh, my God. I loved it. I loved that we all decided or, well, the rest of you decided to go with a lot of deep-seated daddy issues. So that was fun. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever do you mean? (laughs) I loved Didi. I loved... Didi, I loved the description and the end was very violent and I loved it. Like I thought it was yay, (laughs) right? Yay, (laughs) violence. Um, I thought the descriptions were really great. And I I don't know, I got a little sad with the end of Cyrus. I was like, I was picturing it in my head, like Penny driving away and him just like there at the end and just everything blowing up. Like it, like a real Armageddon type of moment. Nobody gets out alive. Cyrus. That's not how this works. And if you if you're exactly. wondering why, you can always watch the uh I didn't know it was about a guy being a pedophile uh with a little girl Ooh. until I got much older and watched it again. 
Yo. <laughs> Yo. Wait, wait, what? Yes, it yeah. really is. <laughs> the Professional is literally a movie about an assassin who somehow, for some reason, a little 12-year-old girl falls in love with him and wants to have sex with him and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, Natalie yeah. Portman's first role. Um, oh, yeah, don't I thought you where he's, he's like, um, it, 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 like they're in some foreign country in like this one apartment or whatever. And <laughs> no, uh, I mean, right it, it, is it is New York. It is New York. Oh my god, okay. I I was so confused. I thought you were saying Armageddon was about a pedophile. I was like, I missed that no, completely. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna have to put that on my list because, but that brings to mind another one, and I can't think of uh, the name of the movie. But um, gosh, uh, the actress—it'll come to me because um, she's a lot older now. But she's the little girl, and the whole time, of course, as a woman, a mom, and a grandmother, I'm thinking, you know, like why? You know, it's, no, Beaches? no, it's not a. It's not a, an animated, uh, but why is she alone with this this man who is an assassin? Like, and they. Um, well, I do uh, want to point out before I, before I close this off that in Belly, yeah, one of the rappers is proven to be a bad guy because he has sex with a girl. Oh, we didn't have oh, sex, hell. Yet, but he taught me how to give head when I was like thirteen years old. Yeah, oh to show that he's a, he's a bad guy. That's how Nas mm-hmm. decided to show it. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and watch that movie and then listen to my review. Because, yeah, fuck Nas. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah. Fuck Nas God. and fuck Belly. Corrupt said it best. So, yeah. thank y'all yeah. so much for listening to the show. First of all, <laughs> Rainy, tell them something about yourself and tell them something about your show. The floor is yours. Uh, so my name is Rainy. I am one of the three coasts on the Red Dove podcast. We are women's storytellers and our stories center on black women, activism and mental health. And it's just a bunch of us ladies sitting and shooting the shit all the time. So um, you can catch us. (laughs) You can catch us wherever you hear your podcasts. Uh, So Spotify, Apple, all that good stuff. Deja, floor is yours. Oh, well, thank you. Um, and thank you for the opportunity to participate in this wonderful, wonderful experience. Um, I, um, I'm on Twitter as, uh, Deja Designs and I have been co-hosting and hosting the space called Democracy First for a year from December of uh, 2021 to December of 2022. Um, um, a lot of civics, cultural, um, you know, um, current events and politics. Um, but I have a podcast on Spotify and a channel on YouTube um, called Advocacy Arena. And I would love it if you guys could, you know, subscribe, uh, help me um, bump up my followers. But my goal here is to really to continue to have conversations um, around um, important issues in our society. While I have been talking a lot about uh, the state of our democracy, I I am going to be broaching subjects such as housing and um, education, you know, like affordable housing and homelessness, education, um, healthcare, um, you know, mental health and, you know, talking, having interviews with um, people um, who, you know, are experts or have uh, lived experiences. 
in those areas uh, and basically to bring awareness uh, to these issues and also to um, hopefully find uh, solutions. And um, I just want to, uh, again, invite you all to check those places out and follow me. And thank you again for the opportunity to participate in this community experience. No worries whatsoever. Brett, tell us something about yourself. Tell us something about yourself, formerly known as? <laughs> Left titty. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Jesus. But, uh, definitely, uh, thank you so much for uh, inviting me on here. I had a great time. Um, definitely a, a dope experience. Um, I host, uh, I'm one of the, uh, I'm one of three hosts um, of the Tone Body Podcast, for, formerly Left Titty Podcast, um, where we just talk about all things Black culture, Black excellence. Uh, we invite different guests on to speak on, you know, different Black-owned businesses, um, as well as speak on what they're doing in their community. We also just shoot the shit about different topics. We're not so, like, um, you know, uh, topic-driven, like, things you'll see on Shade Room and stuff like that. We make it into that. Mm. super important. But mainly, we like to just talk about things that surround our culture, things to uplift the community, and things that we see that we could do to uh, further our advancement in the society. So uh, that's kind of what we're about. Um, you can follow me at Brett Allen 89 on um, Twitter. If I do not follow you back immediately, it's because they suspended my account for six days because I was arguing with someone. So uh, <laughs> and, uh, the guy has like a million... Yeah, you gotta stop talking to Elon Musk, fam. It doesn't turn out well. I'm telling y'all, you're yeah. on his platform. Okay, y'all need to understand that. Well, you know, <laughs> fuck that nigga, but still, fuck that nigga. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, we all know that we he's an asshole, but you yeah. know, we're using this asshole's platform. So you need to be yeah. aware of how you're moving when you're on it. <laughs> oh, punch that nigga in his left titty. <laughs> yes. It wasn't him. It was a guy. He was a he's a Twitch streamer, um, and you know, he's actually right now. There's a young lady that's accusing him and a friend of his of uh, of uh, you know sexually assaulting her. So I was speaking out Shit. against them and his millions of followers. They attacked me by the droves and uh, wow. reported my tweets and things like that. So uh, even though I said nothing wrong, you know, you see way worse on Twitter. But you know. They decided to do that. So for six days, I'll see you guys Wednesday on Twitter yeah. or whenever this drops. I'll look I'll for you. I'll, I'll look you. for you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And okay. Didi, tell them something about yourself. Uh, hi, I'm Didi. Um, former podcaster, and like my previous relationship, I've deleted any and all of its existence. You won't find that shit anywhere. Um, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Hey, Didi Sweets. Um, if I don't add you right away, it's because I'm paranoid and um, straight yeah. in danger. But um, I also have uh, another IG for my photography. Uh, we shoot classics, fam, which I would love for more folks to check out because I'm trying to work this year. I'm trying to do more stuff with that. Um, I'm very passionate about that. Everything else, not so much unless it involves video games. Or movies. Well, uh, or what eating. about your photography? Because I, I'm I'm an amateur photographer. My thing is nature photography. And uh, what did you say um, that oh, your photography? Oh, you what's know, the name of your what's your what's your photography IG? Oh, uh, we shoot classics, fam. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Which is only funny to me because I know someone named Classic. Oh, so sure. we shoot classics, fam. 
sounds like you're just like murdering his family over and over again, which makes me happy. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> wow. Oh my god. You know, that is you're not the much, case. Man. You are too much. And the thing is, one of my closest, like honestly, love him to pieces, but we shoot mm-hmm. classics, fam. <laughs> well, there goes my photography business. Um <laughs> You catch me at Walmart developing photos. I'm classic. <laughs> oh dear oh, God, man. that is wrong. This motherfucker. <laughs> I love you yes, though. Thanks. Yeah, I love you too. Thanks for inviting me. God damn it. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. If you want to leave a voicemail for the show, you can call in at 916-633-1537. You can email the show overall at storytellerspod at gmail.com, but it's easier to reach me at wretchedandratchet at gmail.com. Um, the show's Twitter is storytellspin, um, and tale is spelled T-A-L-E because I'm a fan of the old Disney cartoon, O-E-O. Um, (laughs) you can also reach me at Ratchet Book Club Um, you can donate to the show on Patreon Uh, you can also donate to the show at buymeacoffee.com slash sscast or on the Good Pods app you can leave a tip in the tip jar and you can leave a review for the show on Spotify Um, you can also leave a review for like the Spotify one literally takes 13 seconds people like seriously like it only you, you literally hit a number and then you hit five and that's it. It takes like 13 seconds. I timed it. Um, you can also leave review on Podchaser um, and then copy and paste that into Apple Podcasts and then copy and paste that into the Good Pods app. And I want to thank y'all, especially you, Rainy. I know it's you. I know it's you. Girl, look. So look, Good Pods. Rainy's on there like every day. I don't know how the fuck she does that. Because like me and my phone, the way my phone works on my phone, all I all I do is Spotify. But she's on Good Pods, like rating people's shows, and it is so wonderful, and I'm so grateful. So I want to thank you right now, unless it's not you. If it's Liz, I'll thank her later. It's Liz. Too. Well, it's mostly Liz. <laughs> well, I'm going to try to start doing uh, more of that and getting back into my podcast community. Uh, because I, I'm kind of actively working that uh, again now. So um, what was that um, Good podcast? Good, Good pods. Pod. Yeah. I think yeah. I follow them. It's pretty. Yeah. It's a pretty awesome independent podcast group uh, and, okay. and podcast player. So they're okay. available on android and on iphones so okay no excuse i just wasted a really good thank you on rainy though and i just want everyone to acknowledge that i i did that i wasted it so liz when you hear this that was really for you <laughs> rainy just like i'll accept it i was <laughs> i say motherfucker I, I'm, a, I'm a representative of the red dove podcast so i i will take it on behalf of liz She's like, Liz well, ain't here to accept this award, but. Yeah. And I can do some more of the listening to you guys' podcast and stuff now because I was uh, pretty tied up. So I'm looking forward to that, trying to get um, new things on the. I want to thank each and every one of y'all for joining me. And I want to thank each and every one of them for listening to us. I greatly appreciate both. Um, I do have a plan for another episode, which I'm going to tell you all about. You will all be back. 
Trust me, that's not even a, a request, Didi. You're in. Um, no! That sounded, that, sounded, that sounded mildly threatening. Yeah. This, okay, this is no, it, I know. Just read like, my part. I'll come back and mm-hmm. read my part. I am not. No, that will be the last time you hear my voice reading anything. <laughs> so, so the best part of that is, uh-uh. <laughs> listeners thank you so much for joining me i really appreciate it y'all be good i'm gonna holler at you later peace all right Theme music for storytellers was provided by Revolution Void, and it's called Someone Else's Memories. You can find it at the Free Music Archive. This is Single Simulcast.